بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم لا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم الحمد لله رب العالمين صلى الله على سيدنا محمد وآله الطيبين الطاهرين اللهم أخرجني من ظلمات المهم أكرمني بنور الفه اللهم افتح علينا أبواب رحمتك منشر علينا خزائن عدنك برحمتك يا أرحم الراحمين Yesterday we talked about the significance of knowledge and ulama and teaching. Uh, I want to mention today some hadith. Yesterday was mostly based on the Quran. Some hadith about these issues, and inshallah, also to explain what do we mean by ilm. There are. Many, many hadiths about ilm. I selected some of them. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, according to a hadith that Shaykh Saduq in his Amali has cited, says, Aktharun nas qimatan, aktharuhum ilman. The most valuable people are those who have greatest knowledge. And the least valuable are those who have least knowledge. Inshallah, of course, we will explain what type of knowledge is this. And this knowledge comes also with understanding, with rationality, with aql. In another hadith, Rasulullah is quoted as saying, Al-ilmu ra'asul khayr kullihi wal-jahlu ra'asul sharr kullihi Knowledge is the head, means is the main source of goodness and ignorance is the head or the main source of badness. Of course, not in the sense that this is the only problem, but at least many, many problems come from this. Uh, you know, Socrates had this idea that all moral problems go back to ignorance. Uh, when you know something, then you would do good things. Aristotle disagreed. Aristotle had the idea that sometimes we know and still we have problems. But then people try to defend Aristotle by saying what type of knowledge you know he had in mind. In any case, Islamically we believe that for sure many, many problems go back to lack of knowledge, lack of understanding. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala when he mentions the whole story of human beings, with respect to amana of God, the trust of God says, So, humanity suffers two big problems. One is definitely jahl. One is also zulm. Zaluman, jahula. So sometimes maybe you do zulm knowingly. And sometimes you do bad things because you don't know. In any case, jahl is definitely one of the major uh, problems. Uh, 
Amirul Mu'min alaihi salam said ra'sul fadail al-'ilm ghayatul fadail al-'ilm this is ghuralul hikam head or top of all the virtues is knowledge end of all virtues is knowledge or in nahjul balagh he says la sharafa kal'ilm there is no honor like knowledge Connected to this is a set of hadith that we have which says knowledge is a kind of life for the soul. Our soul without knowledge dies. For example, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Al-ilmu hayatul islam. Knowledge is the life of Islam. Amir al-Mumini said, Al-ilmu hayatun, knowledge is life. In another hadith, he said, Al-ilmu muhyan nafs. Knowledge revives the soul. Wa munirul aql, and gives light to aql, illuminates aql, intellect. So, knowledge gives life. Inshallah, we come back to the issue of the impact of knowledge on soul then we have a hadith from Imam Baghir salam that I quote for you from Mizanul Hikmah this hadith is quoted from Ma'an al-Akhbar so in Mizanul Hikmah is quoted from Ma'an al-Akhbar الإمام الباقر عليه السلام لابنه الصادق إمام باقر توتي سان إمام صادق يا بني my dear son اعرف منازل الشيعة على قدر روايتهم ومعرفتهم know and understand the position of the Shia the rank of the Shia According to the measure of their rewaya and ma'rafa. Rewaya means narrating. Ma'rafa means knowledge. I think this is stopped because there was a phone call. So, if you want to know how high is a Shia, look at how much he is narrating and how much knowledge he has. فَإِنَّ الْمَعْرِفَةِ هِيَ الدِّرَايَةُ لِلْرِوَايَةِ Knowledge is understanding of what they narrate. So, it's good to be narrating lots of hadith. You know, you know hadith, you narrate hadith, but with understanding. Not just narrating hadith without understanding. فَإِنَّ الْمَعْرِفَةَ هِيَ الدِّرَايَةُ لِلْرِوَايَةِ وَبِالدِّرَايَاتِ لِلْرِوَايَاتِ When a mu'min, a Shia, understands these riwayat, these narrations, يَعْلُوا الْمُؤْمِنْ إِلَىٰ أَقْصَى دَرَجَاتِ الْإِيمَانِ He can go to the highest level of Iman. So, we are talking about a knowledge which is based 
on the teachings of the Prophet and Ahlul Bayt which by themselves are based on revelation. Because hadiths are based on Quran, on Wahy, on revelation. Then Imam Baghir says, Inni nazartu fi kitabin la'aliyyin. I looked at one of the books for Imam Ali and I found this hadith. An naqimatakum limra'in wa qadrahu an naqimatakum limra'in wa qadrahu ma'rifatuhu. The value of every person is decided by his ma'rifah. We have something similar to this also in Nahjul Balagha. Hikmah uh, 81, yes. Here means is we have in Vicing 81, this is a very famous hadith. It's similar to what Imam Baghir says, you know, from Amir al-Muni. The value of every person is what he knows. What you know decides your value, your rank, your position. So, there was, hopefully... Uh, no exaggeration as I said yesterday when I said knowledge if it is not the most at least is one of the most important qualities that you can think of about God and about human beings the other thing is there are lots of hadiths encouraging us to learn we have to learn there must be no limit for our search for knowledge time wise no limit from the cradle to the grave Distance wise, how much I should be happy to travel? So even there is no limit in distance. Gender, is it only for men or only for women? No. There is no limit here. Even you can learn from people who may not be necessarily people with whom you agree everything. You can learn from people that are not from same religion or same madhab or even may have no faith. Even people who may be not good. You can learn hikmah even from, we have hadith, nifaq. Anyone who has knowledge, anyone who has a piece of wisdom, you should 
be learning from them. Yes, sometimes a person is not able to discern what is good and what is bad. So if he goes to a bad source, there is a chance that he may get bad things without knowing. That's different. But if you are a person that can distinguish between what is right, what is wrong, then you should not limit yourself to any source. Try to get uh, from any source. But this is what we don't advise everyone because many people cannot you know, understand and distinguish what is good, what is bad. You know, you have to be very careful. This is why in our hadith says, seek knowledge from its people and from its reliable sources. This is for everyone. But when it comes to scholars, scholars should not limit themselves. Scholars should test and try any source which might have something useful. Then, when it comes to matter of how much efforts we have to put, how much risk you know we should take, Hadith says there is no limit, even if it can sometimes demand your life. For example, Imam Sadiq said, "Law alim al-nas ma fi talab al-ilm." If people knew what is there in learning, in seeking knowledge, means how much value is there. They would have gone after knowledge even if it requires their blood being shed or going into oceans and, you know, waves and, you know, traveling with lots of danger and difficulty. You know, in the past, sometimes they had to use boats or ship you know to travel in the oceans and they were not very safe but imam says if people knew how valuable is learning so now today i don't think anyone has really excuse in not learning because alhamdulillah there are lots of opportunities for learning of course not perfect sometimes you don't have access to i don't know scholars or jose or you know places of learning but at least you can start with something locally you know and also on internet you can start if you really want then inshallah Allah will give you more opportunities if you appreciate what is available Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said إِذَا جَاءَ الْمَوْتُ لِطَالِبِ الْعِلْمِ وَهُوَ عَلَى هَذِهِ الْحَالَةِ if death comes to a seeker of knowledge while he or she is seeking knowledge. For example, if God forbids one of us dies right now, we shouldn't feel sad. That's one of the best conditions in which someone can die. Yes? He's in this condition of seeking knowledge. He dies in this condition. He's a martyr. In another hadith, Rasulullah said, Man ja'a ajaluhu 
If your deadline comes, your death comes, your ajal comes, and you are learning, and your intention is to revive Islam. Okay, so you learn to protect and produce, you know, present Islam. Lam the prophets would not be higher than him except one rank. Means he comes right under prophets. And he is still a talabe, not a alim. You know, he's still a seeker of knowledge. But because he has died in these conditions, so Allah will grow him after he dies till he reaches the level of ulama. Because you know, I have this idea that if you have dedicated your life to a cause, really dedicated to a cause, even if you have not achieved it in dunya, then Allah make you able to achieve it after you die. Okay? So, those who are sincere, and dedicated to a cause, even early death, inshallah, would not affect them. But those who are working just for ajr and there is no dedication, you know, they do something good. Every day they do something good to get ajr. But they have their own personal plan for their life. If they die earlier, they would lose a lot. But the one who dedicates his life to God and dies, either becomes shaheed or even if he doesn't become shaheed, but he dies when he has dedicated his life to God, inshallah God will, you know, grow what they have achieved in their life. So this is my personal idea that if we manage to, inshallah, be sincere and devotee, after that, it shouldn't matter that much when we die. When you offer your life to God, not just some actions. Your life is dedicated to God. Then after that, there is guarantee that you would just be growing. Another thing that we have in our hadith is... Even poverty should not stop you from learning. <clears throat> you shouldn't worry about your, you know, life expenditure too much. Of course, you have to be a person who plans, who is careful. Not that, for example, you know, waste money or doesn't, you know, save anything. But don't think too much about money if you are a person who is dedicating his life or her life to learning for the sake of Allah. Rasulullah says, Man talab al-ilm takaffalallahu lahu wirizqih. The one who seeks knowledge, Allah would undertake the responsibility of sustaining him. It is true that Allah says but especially for seekers of knowledge especially for ahlul ilm 
there is a provision, there is care for that risk. Okay, now I want to move on to the discussion about ta'alim a little bit, significance of ta'alim, and then about what is ilm. With respect to ta'alim, we have great emphasis. You can understand when learning is so important, then what about teaching? Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, من الصدقته أن يتعلم الرجل العلم ويعلمه الناس This is an act of charity if you learn and then teach people. Okay? This doesn't mean that you shouldn't give money as charity. Still you give money as charity. Still you feed people. But this by itself is a great act of charity because if by giving money or food, you feed the physically someone. By teaching, you are feeding spiritually someone. In another hadith, Rasulullah said, Afdalus sadaqa. This one was menas sadaqa. But this is, the next one says, Afdalus sadaqa. An ya'lam al-mar'u ilman, thumma yu'allamahu akhara. Someone learns something and then teaches other people, his brother in faith. Isa salam said something that we have similar to this in hadith also uh, from other people. Isa salam said, Man alima wa amila wa allama the one who learns and acts upon his knowledge and teaches udda fil malakut al a'zame azeeman we have similar to this you know that man alama lillah wa ta'allama lillah wa allama lillah something like this du'ya fi malakut al samawat azeeman we have similar to this the idea is this if someone learns and practices and teaches, this is the best relation you can have with knowledge. How you can appreciate knowledge? You can appreciate by learning, then acting upon it, and then spreading it. If you do this, in the kingdom of God, in Malakud, where spirits are, where angels are, when the inner reality of everything in dunya is they will call you with great honor du'ya fil malakut al-a'zame azima or du'ya fi malakut al-samawat azima you know <coughs> in dunya <coughs> you can be respected you can be receiving you know lots of appreciation it is good, alhamdulillah. But this is dunya. It doesn't, you know, make a big difference for you. 
when all people praise you or don't praise you, it doesn't make a big difference. And after some time, all forget you. When you die, <laughs> everyone forgets you, except maybe few very sincere and loyal people. Sometimes there have been people who are at the, at the very high level of, you know, fame and respect. Then some just or unjust attack destroyed them. But the main thing is if in Malakut you are respected and acknowledged and praised. So if you want to be praised among all the Anbiya and Awliya and the souls of Mu'mineen and angels, the key is Elm. Learning, acting upon it and teaching. Okay. I have many other hadith here, but... I want to go fast to the next part so that we can finish it today. And that is about what is Elm? What do we mean by Elm? First, I read for you some hadith and then inshallah I try to explain. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Al-ilmu ilman. There are two types of ilm. You know, you can divide and classify ilm in different ways. One way is to declassify it according to subject. This is not our purpose now. Rasulullah is classifying ilm into two types according to the relation that the learner or knowledgeable person has with ilm. Al-ilmu ilman. Ilmun ala lisan. One is the knowledge which is on your tongue. Something that you know, you can say, you can teach, you can write, but has not been implemented. This actually would be a hujja against you. Yeah? Because you know, you cannot say, you know, I have excuse. But there is also knowledge, not just on the tongue, in your heart. This is the one which is beneficial. Of course, you know, jahil is not excused. Uh, we have many hadiths. That jahil is not excused. You know, people cannot say, we don't want to learn because we are worried that if we learn, we may not practice. No, you have to learn. But if you make one step, and that is to learn, you have to make sure that you make the second step as well, and that is to practice. What I want you to listen carefully to is what Rasulullah says. Ilmun ala lesan, ilmun filqalb. We have similar to this another hadith. Al ilmu ilman, fa ilmun filqalb, wa dalika al ilmun nafi, wa ilmun ala lesan, fa dalika hujatullah ala ibn Adam. It's very similar, just the order is changed. We have two types of ilm knowledge which is the heart, and this is the beneficial knowledge, and knowledge which is on the tongue, and this is argument that can be used against 
the son of Adam. Yes. 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 Sure. I would come inshallah to that. Let me read one more hadith and then inshallah we start the analysis. The other hadith is the one that we have in hadith of Enwan Basri. It's a very famous hadith. Uh, you should, you know, read all of it, inshallah, and reflect on it. It's a very beautiful hadith for a spirituality. Enwan al Basri. Enwan al Basri is a person who was very interested in spirituality, but he was following someone who was like a Sufi master, like Hassan al-Basri, something like this. He had then interest in learning from Imam Sadiq So he first went to Imam Sadiq He was not accepted. Then he made dua. Then Imam accepted him. And it starts with Imam asking, what is your name? And it continues. In that hadith, when Imam gives him, you know, some advices, then Imam says, Laisal ilmu bitta'allum. Knowledge is not a matter of learning. In some versions we have, or some other hadiths, we have Laisal ilmu bi-kathratil-ta'alimi wa ta'allum. Elm is not a matter of how much you teach and learn. Here says, Laisal ilmu bitta'allum. What does it mean, Laisal ilmu bitta'allum? We need to learn. But it means that it's not guaranteed that by learning only, you get into L. By learning, by having good teacher, good textbook, you know, classmates, all these things, maybe the concepts go into your mind. But L is different. So we want to understand what is L. لَيْسَ الْعِلْمُ بِالتَّعَلُّمُ إِنَّمَا هُوَ نُورٌ يَقَعُ فِي قَلْبِ مَنْ يُرِيدُ اللَّهُ تَبَارَكَ وَتَعَالَى أَنْ يَحْدِيَهُ Ilm is the light that comes to the heart of someone that Allah wants to guide. Or in some versions it says, نُورٌ يَقْذِفُهُ اللَّهُ فِي قَلْبِ مَنْ يَشَالَى Allah projects it's the same concept. فَإِنْ أَرَدْتَ الْعِلْمِ If you really want ilm, فَتْلُبْ أَوَّلًا فِي نَفْسِكَ حَقِيقَةَ الْعُبُودِيَّةِ First try to seek the reality of servitude to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. First try to be abd. Because if you are not abd, there are obstacles in your heart that would not let the light of knowledge come. Abd is the one whose heart is prepared. You know, like for example, when you want to plant something, you have to prepare the soil, remove any, you know, plants, any grass, any, I don't know, other things which are not useful, any a stone, yeah? Prepare it. Yes. 
Pardon? You know when you said it's likely to the heart of those who are what he does? Yeah. Who's exempt from that? So, yeah, there are there are two types of guidance. One is general guidance that Allah guides everyone. But there are people who qualify for receiving extra guidance. And some people would not receive. You know, we have Yahdi man yasha wa yudhillu man yasha. Okay? So there are people who don't appreciate the general offer of guidance. Therefore, they would not receive that specific guidance from God. Okay? So if you show appreciation, like a student that comes to the class, like everyone else, but the teacher then finds that this person is very interested in learning, teaches him more. But the teacher would not teach more everyone, would not give extra time to everyone. First, try to have in your soul, in your nafs, in your heart, the reality of servitude. And also seek knowledge by putting it into use. And ask Allah to teach you, to make you understand, then Allah would make you understand. Okay, now let's see what is ilm and how we can get ilm. Ilm sometimes is just a mental exercise you can be a good person or bad person it can be a subject which has something to do with religion something which has to do with akhlaq or it can be just a secular subject you go to a school you go to a university you take a book and you add to your knowledge you learn something this is the most simple way of understanding elm some new concepts come to your mind okay you travel to a place you learn about that place you meet someone you know about that person there is a change in you but this is very limited change only some new data have come to your mind it's a change but very superficial change it doesn't make you a better person or a worse person necessarily okay you are more informed, but the same person. But sometimes the topic that you know, the subject that you know, has a potential of changing you for good or for bad. It's not simple information. It can make you better potentially for example if i learn quran if i learn something about the quran something that reminds me of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala something that reminds me of my journey towards allah something that helps me in ma'rafatun nafs this type of knowledge on top of being information has some energy has some light in it 
but still I may not benefit from that light. Still, for me, I may have the same experience with this type of information as I have with information about geography and history, for example. There are people who read and learn Quran, but just as a subject. Even they may not believe in the Quran. You know, we may have non-Muslims who really uh, dedicate their life in learning Quran. You know, we have people that actually sometimes they have done some good studies. We have translators of the Quran who were not Muslims. Some of them made a personal relation with the Quran, but some of them just as a pure subject, academic subjects. Yeah? There are people who specialize in different languages, you know, they translate, but not necessarily any attachment to that subject. So, we have some type of knowledge which by themselves are not carrying any light. We have some type of knowledge that they carry light, but your benefit can be very minimal. You just deal with them as information. You don't necessarily use that light, benefit from that light. And actually, here then, your situation can even become worse compared to the people who learn the first type of information. You know, if I learn something about history or about geography or about science, I'm not going to, for example, you know, become a worse person. But if I learn something that is a spiritual, something which has the potential of giving me light and I ignore it, I actually become worse because you would develop, you know, kasawa, you would develop, you know, hard, you know, hardness in your heart. Imagine if day and night I'm studying akhlaq, but just as a subject, yeah, then it would be very difficult for me after this to be changed by a good mu'izah. Because my mind is already familiar with all these, you know, instructions and these examples and, you know, stories and teachings. And also, I would be more responsible. Allah would help, hold me more responsible for mistakes that I do because I know more. So... Yeah. For some people, their knowledge of Quran, their knowledge of akhlaq, their knowledge of hadith does not help them at all and indeed will make the case against them. Okay? But if you put into practice, if you little by little implement them, then a change can happen. Yes? Is it that uh, some Knowledge has more and some knowledge doesn't have more? Yes. Is it like that? Or because sometimes if you study like geography or science, um, it may bring you closer to Allah? Very good question. Mm -hmm. When you study a subject which is just, you know, like secular, for example, 
okay the subject doesn't have light but your approach to it can bring you light so if you study this for the sake of Allah this brings light to your heart but if you study Quran the subject has light then your approach may deny you that light but the subject already has light so what is important is or you know what can be a great opportunity is when we learn something that has light and our approach is that with open heart we go towards that light and we want to absorb it and practice it so this is where light of the subject is transferred to the learner the learner can benefit from the light of the subject when he acts upon it when he appreciates it okay so you can have a learner who learns something that has no light it's just a piece of information you can have a learner who studies something which has light but he doesn't benefit from that light you can have a learner who studies something and then he himself gets illuminated enlightened okay by the subject but then if this continues for some time then the learner becomes himself a source of light then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala would teach him directly he would understand things that are not written are not taught so you don't you know like for example uh, you put a candle next to another candle it takes some time till the second candle starts you know shining then it doesn't need always to be next to the first candle it can be then functioning on its own so the noor that he have here innama huwa noorun yaqa'u fi qalbi man yuridu Allah tabaraka is the light that comes after this transformation of the learner but how the learner can reach this point first he has to learn in conventional way he has to take notes he has to study he has to go to classes he has to have teachers but it shouldn't stop there if he appreciates the light that comes through the knowledge then Allah will transform him and he himself becomes a source of light and he can understand things directly okay so we have first light of the subject then you get that light as something which is you know we say arazi you know accidental in philosophy say accident means something that touches the surface of your heart but little by little then your heart is transformed and becomes a source of light and these are real ulama the real ulama are the people that now not only they have the light of knowledge they themselves have become the source of the light Yes. So the light uh, that touches your heart is only possible through practicing. Yes. 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 Yes
So you have to be open to the knowledge, appreciative, and practice it. If you ignore it, if you oppose it, you are not going to benefit from it. Actually, become worse. Allah says, for example, about Quran. Those who are unjust after listening to Quran and reading the Quran, their situation becomes even worse. <coughs> their loss would increase. Okay? When light comes and still we act without light, we want to insist on being in darkness, our situation is worse. So, I want to suggest of thinking of these three different levels. When you learn something which has no light, okay, or something which has light, or you yourself become a source of light. Allah projects light directly to you. Those who study a subject which has no light, if they do it for the sake of God, for good reason, their own approach brings light. Okay? So, you, for example, you may study mathematics. It's good. If you do it for the sake of helping society, for the help of understanding the world, I don't know, even for making halal income, it's very good. And Islam encourages us to learn all these things. But it's not like learning Quran. It's not like learning akhlaq. Okay? Uh, we don't want to say these, uh, for example, scientists or scholars are not doing great job. They are doing great job, but just we want to explain the reality of the relation between knowledge and the soul. So, sometimes you learn a topic which is just helping you to know more one part of the creation, one part of the world, but nothing special. Here, your approach can make it still an act of worship, can make it something that brings you light. But sometimes we have a topic that it has by itself light. It's meant to take you towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Yes, in mathematics you can make this intention, but this is your effort. But with respect to Quran, it's planned and designed to take you towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Yeah? So, these are not the same. But even here there is no guarantee. Although this is designed to take you towards Allah, it can just be, unfortunately, something that even take you further away from, further away from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then the third scenario is when knowledge that you have learned in the past has transformed you and have, has made you a source of light. You are true alim. So a true alim 
people would not only benefit from his lectures or his writing. A true alim, people can benefit from his presence. Yeah? Just by looking at him, people can be reminded of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because now he has become a source of light. But if it was just the light of what he has learned, then people can only benefit when he speaks or when he writes. Okay? Because they would benefit from the knowledge which is passed on. Then we can now understand what we have also in hadith about uh, classification of knowledge. Maybe we leave this, inshallah, for another session, inshallah. We pray to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to enable us to be true seekers and sincere seekers of knowledge, inshallah, and to put into practice everything that we learn and then, inshallah, be transformed by Allah to the sources of, inshallah, light. Alhamdulillah, Rabbil Allah. Yes.